Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of To Live and Buy in Los Angeles. I'm Ben Bellack, seated alongside co-host Mortal Enemy, Zach Goldsmith. Today we have a legend in our space. You cannot say the words luxury real estate and not also say Williams and Williams. Oh. Having been just acknowledged as the top team, small team in the country, and having completed over $12 billion in sales, Rainey Williams is on every list and has been on every press outlet. Aside from all that, she's a hyperactive philanthropist. Rainey is an ambassador for the Wallace Annenberg Center for the Performing Arts and a board member at Caton Children's Museum. After all of that, she still manages to be an amazing mom of two, Wrangler of Brandon Williams, which <laughs> is a career in itself. Yeah. That's and true. friends with Zach and I. With that, we welcome the CEO and co-founder of Beverly Hills Estates of the show, Rainey Williams. Wow, thank you. <laughs> you did a deep dive. I, I like that. I did. That's what I'm known for. I can't go deeper. <laughs> Just it's been known. Two um, two divers over here. Yes. um, All right. So let's get started. Can you share a specific turning point or moment that had a significant impact on your business or career? I can think of a really good one, actually, because I just ran into this guy the other night. So I remember, and you guys will remember this, a development on the top of Sunset Plaza called the Viewmont. Oh, yeah. Okay. Brandon and I, we just started in the business. And this was a big deal. And we go up and we're like, well, let's hedge our bet. If there's, there's six of them and they all have different agents, we're like, we'll take them. But we, you know, we got to take all six. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're listed. And we're like, no, no, no. We have to control the narrative back here behind the gate, right? Mm-hmm. We just, we had nothing to lose. So they go, okay. They give us all six. We sell them. Can mm-hmm. I just tell you, I still have post-traumatic stress there. driving down Sunset Plaza. I can't with Sunset Plaza I, because the amount of time we spent 12 hours a day up there. We had champagne on ice. We were ready for the night showing that was never coming. Like we were just like on our toes and we got the highest numbers ever. We're, what are we talking? 13 years later, they still haven't fetched those numbers. Give us just a quick background okay. of how you started, where yes. you came from before yes. that. Cause okay. we're dealing with the Beyonce of real estate. Oh True. Queen B. Wow. We have, wow. we're in the presence of, we are, you are our Oprah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't you know. Get a I, I don't. You get a listing. Okay. Yeah. So I'll tell you how it, <laughs> but how they're it all started. For her. We get a listing. <laughs> we got a listing. <laughs> we got another listing, y'all. We did it. All right. Stop writing the joke into the ground. Let her answer. I happen to love Oprah. You don't let the guests talk. Please. I, I actually love Oprah too. So I decided to move here straight out of college. I wanted to be a journalist and that's why I was here. And, and I also didn't come from like the school of thought that I can't, I didn't, failure wasn't an option. I'm like Mike Tyson, like mm-hmm. watch his documentaries, like failure is not an option. He's like a street kid. He's so scrappy. He's like, he didn't believe in failure. I was just raised that like I could do anything. I was raised by really strong Italian women that were like, empowering me. Like, if you want something, go get it. So I come where they told me at NBC, where I interned, you have to start in a small market like Iowa. I was like, no, I'm going to go to LA. Why would I go to Iowa? (laughs) I'm not going to go to Iowa. (laughs) I'm going to LA. They're like, you'll never work. 
So I got jobs at like e-entertainment, being assistants and so forth, working as a waitress and barely making it and writing for small publications. And then I had a friend from college come visit. She had moved to Miami and she got her real estate license. She was this amazing like beautiful girl and she was bubbly and she came with her little Louis Vuitton rolly and a stack. I swear to God, it was $10,000, but it looked like a hundred thousand. And I was struggling so much. I was 22 mm-hmm. years old and she goes, do something for yourself. She's like, get your real estate license. Like, what do you do? Why are you struggling? And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do real estate because my family kind of did real estate back East. So cut to, I struggled for a few more years, got into mortgages during the subprime, worked for Countrywide. I rolled in, it's all men, young men, rolling Bentleys mm-hmm. and, and basically boiler room, the manager throwing the ball in the wall, telling us one product to sell and one product only. We didn't know what it was, but it was- Subprime loans. It was a monthly adjustable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and so- Which and, crashed the global economy. Yeah. Yes. So basically I was selling this product and as a woman calling with my voice versus these young, hungry guys Mm -hmm. that are probably attacking these people, I could get a social security number Mm -hmm. over the phone in five seconds. I'm ready to give you my Amex. (laughs) I literally- Incredible voice, by the way. Is it the the headphones or is is it just her? Stop interrupting. Because you don't sound this good. Go ahead. I want these headphones then. I I, uh, did very well. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I wasn't meeting people and I was kind of like behind a cubicle and I didn't know what I was doing. So one day I said to my, this old lady answers the phone. I sell her the loan because I sell her the dream. What's the dream? Take out money, pull out 500, get a HELOC, $500,000, remodel your house, go to Aruba. You want to go to Aruba? Where do you want to go? Like, and this woman's like, yes, I can't wait. She's on a fixed income. Okay. Mind you, I go home and I'm like, that felt so creepy. Like, what did I just do? The next day I go in, I'm 23 years old. I go into my manager. I'm like, what happens if the rate goes up? He's like, the rate's not going to go up. I go, but it can. He's like, the rate's not going to go up. It's three points in the front. It's three points in the back. This is what we sell. You sell this loan. I was like, I can't do this. And I couldn't cancel the loan. So I called the woman and I said, listen, if I was your granddaughter, I'm telling you, don't do this. Cancel oh, the loan. no way. And then I quit. And she and went to prison for an SEC violation. <laughs> <laughs> the woman canceled. She's like, but I wanted to go to Aruba. I'm like, just don't do this because it's too risky. It's, and so anyways, she ended up canceling. I ended up quitting. And I had gotten my real estate license along the way of selling the mortgages. And I knew Mikey Normand. So Mikey took Mikey me. Mikey Hoshkel. He took <laughs> me to, uh, he used to call me Hoshkel. I love Mikey. Really? He, he still sees me. He's like, Hosh. I'm like, hi, Hosh. We still call each other Hosh. He's took me to the Beverly Hills office and I joined. And then I think I was, this was actually, by this time I was turning 25. I was there for a few months. I would door knock. I was still really struggling. You know, I was doing the best I could. I I would park at, I, I, Saeed Norman said, find your target neighborhood. And I like Truesdale. Okay. And I was like, I don't understand. There's wide streets. It's Beverly Hills. There's a view ordinance and everybody wants the bird streets because Leo lives there. Like I want Truesdale. I want to gentrify. I want to turn over Truesdale because I started studying during the revolution in Iran when all the Iranians came, they brought cash because they had to Mm -hmm. and they would door knock, but nobody in the flats wanted out. So they would door knock on these beautiful mid-century homes and these people would leave and culturally all they knew was what they came from, which was gold gilded and pillars. So they took these mid-century 
dope one level homes and started gilding and golding them and making them mm-hmm. look like their country that they sure. just came from. And what we saw is bastardized. And uh, exactly. Yeah. And what I saw was, ooh, take those columns down. So I started door knocking and then cut to. You've it, sold a billion dollars in Truesdale. Now, yeah, over Whoa, that. Slow but down, but no, but uh, I'm in my little touch. cubicle, mm-hmm. okay? And I was always the first one in and I was always decked. Mm-hmm. I dressed like I was 50 when I was 25. Like I came <laughs> for the part. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm not going to sell to my friends. I got to sell to like, you know, and I want right. to angle myself. So, and then Brandon walks in and he would, I was like three months, four months in the business and I'm in my cubicle and this guy, and he comes, I'm suited up. And he's suited up. He's in a full on sure. suit as he always is still. And he looks as at, you always are as still. I always yeah. like, I, I really believe in that. I mean, I, I believe you have to dress the part and it makes me want to do deals when I'm dressed mm-hmm. up and it makes me feel good. And I, and it's like that theory of get out of bed and make your bed. It's like, for me, even the worse I feel is the better I'll put on an outfit because I want to mm. will myself into sure. betterness, you sure. know? So Brandon looked at me and I had a picture of my mom on my cubicle and he goes, oh, I see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Oh, and, I was like, the mom. and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, wait, is he, is he, and then he looked at me, he goes, but you don't have to worry about me. I'm gay. No way. Does a pure so wet good. turn. Okay. And chasses off. And that's it. And he's gone. And now I'm having lunch with some of the girls in the office. And I was like, you know that new kid that came in, Brandon Williams? I was like, he's so cute. The gay guy. They're like, Brandon Williams is not gay. (laughs) (laughs) And he was dating Amy Smart at the time. They'd been together since they were like in high school. And he was kind of infamous in town. Mm -hmm. But we we just had like banter. We became friends. Yeah, it's because he broke into the Playboy Mansion when we were in high school. Correct. He literally scaled the wall over the zoo. (laughs) <laughs> and the cameras went off, the lasers went off, the police Freeze. came. Could, he could care true. less. And that's and he's still, who he's he is. Sort of, could care yes. less. Yeah, true. So wait, you mentioned that you were raised by very strong women. Mm-hmm. Um, what were either one or some of the challenges you think you faced as a female agent? And how do you think you overcame them? I think... It's still relevant today. This is, I've, you know, obviously I'm going back. I've been in the business almost 18 years, but I remember as like a 24, 25 year old girl, woman, that men, you're at a party just trying to get clients like we all do. And you mm-hmm. tell a guy or somebody hears that you're a realtor. Well, what's the angle? Everybody's, every guy that's going to ask a girl, oh, you're in, I'm looking for a house. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, can you show me, are you available tomorrow to show me everything between 10 and 15 million? I'm like, uh, yeah, what time can I'll pick you up? Mm-hmm. And I would have the list, such an ambitious list. And I'm like, by number 10, I'm taking him to a $20 million house because I'm going to upsell him, fatigue him with all these, show him the best thing. If he's got 15, he's got 20. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. I would never make it to house three mm-hmm. before he's like, let's get lunch. I'm like, get lunch. I, I We got 10 more houses mm. to see. Like, there's no time to eat. I got some nuts here. Like, we got to go get these houses. That was the MO of any man that you say when you're out, I'm in real estate as a young woman. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's it's hard to prospect when you're a young woman. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell all of my mentees and the girl, the women that work for me, I'm like, if you can wear it to the club, Mm-hmm. don't wear it to, to, to the office mm-hmm. because you have to look like you are a shark. You have to be sharker, sharkier and shrewder than any man that's out there because why would they use you 
when there could, you could be a distraction or you could be like, they, they're just going to use their buddy. They're going to use some mm-hmm. man that they think can perform better than you. For some reason, I feel like this selling sunset culture, which is probably around before it just kind of gave it a platform where people feel like if they're selling houses and they've got some imposter syndrome, they default to wearing a napkin to a showing. And I think you're right. Like it's, it's not credibility building and you're like, I'm suited up. It's like immediately command. And by the way, there's a wife involved somewhere. There's a girlfriend involved somewhere. So if you're a smart businesswoman, you're not using your femininity to close the deal. You're using your femininity to align with the wife or to use it Mm -hmm. as a nurturing motherly aspect of you can trust me. I am safe, but I am not here to date. Like, and when Brandon stepped on the scene, those calls were, why don't you come over and tell me what my house is worth? Well, by the way, that's part of the job. Mm -hmm. That's called a listing appointment. But if you're a 25 year old girl or a young, you know, and you get that call, it's a, it's terrifying because you You don't want to get trapped in a house. Correct. And B it's like, you want to do your job, but you don't know if that's really why you're being called. So mm-hmm. I remember getting a few of those calls and not even saying that I was bringing my partner because you know, Brandon and I were partners for five years before we became a couple. We really became best friends and we, we like we had this amazing partnership that really we built from the ground up. And we and he then I remember going to I remember his house on Rising Glen and I brought Brandon and he was like, who's that? Shocked. And then he called me after and he was like, I wanted to list it with you, but I don't like that partner of yours. And I'm like, sorry, by the way, you didn't want to list it with me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go out with you. So what are we doing? Um, <laughs> so what? you credit a lot of this. So a lot of your success comes innately, right? Because it sounds like your family really was fearless, which I credit, you know, you are a very fearless person. Your husband is a very fearless mm-hmm. person. So getting to a high level the level that you've gotten to, the mm-hmm. highest level there is in real estate. By the estate. way, and maintained. And maintained, which mm. is what it's more difficult to get there or to stay there. It's oh, got to yeah. be to stay. So to get yeah. to that level, you've just, it, it's inside you. I mean, like, you know, I'm looking for advice to yeah. give to people from you, but it sounds like this is just innate. You have this killer instinct. And- you, you know, it's, it has to become an obsession. It's like, if you want a six pack, you, you have to diet and work out in tandem, like your life depends on it because you're going on spring break. Like that's your goal. And Mm -hmm. if you want to be the best at anything or highly successful or extremely, whatever your goal is, you have to eat, breathe and sleep it. And you have to be obsessed or you will be average. Mm -hmm. It requires obsession. I agree. Well, I use the word obsession a lot on my team meetings. And Mm -hmm. even this morning I was, I was talking about like how the rankings came out and all this stuff. And I'm like, I turned to the team and I said, are you guys proud of our ranking? Do you feel obsessed? Mm. Like, are we interested or are Mm -hmm. we committed? Are we hobbyists? And I, I couldn't agree with you more. We use the word obsession a lot, particularly in a market that has, um, really dropped in overall sales volume. If you're not obsessed, then like the market is going to punish you. This market will bring out, will make superstars because if you survive this market, your name will come out in light. So if you're starting out, you will be known. If you are like all of us and you're, you've been around and you're hardworking, you will be at at the top of your game and uh, the rest will fall off because you cannot be a hobbyist. You're exactly right. It's like, I mean, this is a, this is a, a career that is extremely high paying 
or very, very, very low paying mm-hmm. hobby. Most yeah, I think anyone can have a client or a friend who right. they get a ten million dollar listing. From, not in this market. Then, not in this market. But, but back in, in a, the day, but yeah. The barometer is set so low. Yes. The barrier of entry to our business is set so low that all these guys who have a friend like that jump in and think I can make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and maybe they get lucky once. And you, but to sustain it takes this level of obsession right. and commitment, commitment to your craft. Yeah. It's so, not a part-time business. So no. speaking of being obsessed, mm. how do you manage work-life balance being a mom and having two young kids? Well, I will tell you, and you, you know, you guys probably are balanced people wouldn't like this to hear this, but the truth is if you're just starting out, there's no balance. What you water grows. Mm-hmm. I didn't take a vacation for five years. Mm-hmm. I just started success started leading me to balance because I have I can afford to take some breaks and I have a team that can help support me but prior to that it's like you what do you need a break for go to a movie and come back and get back on the MLS mm-hmm. and start working the phones yeah. like I don't understand people that are like are you I'm not balanced it's like no shit, because you're not successful yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I heard half, half the people are dropping off of this podcast <laughs> now. They're like, oh, it's not for me anymore. <laughs> but but I, I remember I had an assistant once. She's like, I'm like, I'm waking up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, if you are not that crazy and you're not really like losing your mind over every minutia of the mm-hmm. deal, you will not make it to the point five percent. Of, and, and, you know, that's where the top tier agents operate. There's, yeah. there's only a handful of us and it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you guys are obsessive and, you know, a lot of people send their teams and assistants to do mm-hmm. showings. And when we're in listing appointments, you know, big thing they ask is, are you going to be there? The are you going to send someone? Mm-hmm. And we all say we're going to be there. Yeah. And, you know, obviously our time goes so far, but I've never seen a top agent at every showing aside from you guys. Thank you. Listen, there's times when we're not there, but it's our, rare. I've seen like I've seen your team set up and yeah. start oh, and then a, yeah. you or Brandon come and work. That's a that is something because I they learned. won't sell themselves. Correct. And if, if people are like, oh, I'll do the second showing. I'm like, you're not going to get a second showing yeah. if you don't nail the first showing. Mm. So I really believe in doing the showings. But I also believe in, um, you know, I go in my car in the morning. I have some snacks. I have my water you know, my lipstick and, uh, I follow my schedule on my screen I was and I ask. go from one, wherever my assistant tells me to go, I get a daily itinerary at night before bed. Mm-hmm. I get it. The first thing I wake up again, because repetition is key. Sure. I have three setup guys that are always on call weekends and they set up the house for me. I learned this from Chris Cortazzo. That's who, the Italian in her. I wait, got, I a, set, I got a couple we're, setup guys. The- I know. I like it. <laughs> I got a couple two, three setup guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. This is this is great. Yeah, she's giving us the stuff here. Well, because here's the thing: turning you the house on and off takes time. It's it's, it's like an the, hour. You know what it is? Thirty it's, minutes to set them, up, yeah. thirty minutes to shut down, and these big ones take longer. Uh, and no. guess where I am? By the time they're turning off the first light, you're at the next. I'm show. on the sunset. I'm on sunset. Yeah, I'm you know either. what? It's like the equivalent of the big New York agents. They get driven because they want to work in By the, the car. Way, I don't. I wouldn't mind getting. I mean, I Me there was neither. a moment where I had to drive, and Brandon was like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I like it because guess what? I want to do emails and I don't want to rack. Like mm-hmm. honestly, it's more for safety. Like than anything, I want to drive. It. This guy's a terrible texter and driver. What do you mean? I'm a great texter and driver. No. I just do it too much. 
but I'm, but I'm good at both. So do you, are you're, you, you're a real multitasker. Wait, continue with this pattern. So you get up, you get so, your okay. list. I get the list. Yeah. You got the setup guys. I got the setup guys. He's got a guy who's got a guy. Yeah. I, I, my, my schedule is my key. So what I do is, and, um, I, when I look at that schedule, I know every second of my day is planned and incorporated in my schedule is my personal life. So yeah, my, my team is like, there's seven people on my daily itinerary and they know every time I'm going to the doctor, I'm picking my kids up mm-hmm. from there, but I don't care because I'm an open book. I'm mm-hmm. not hiding anything. Brandon's not hiding. Like we live our lives with integrity. We're family people. We're, we're about our business. We're about our family. If I'm not working, I'm with my family or with Brandon or doing something fun, but like, it's not, um, I don't, I don't care that they are in my lives like that because Everybody that works for us has been with us for a decade or so. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we have long, long standing relationships mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, right? you have people you grew up with. Yeah. Every one of our, like, people say, Oh, do you work with your friends? I'm like, Of course. If you can't make money with your friends, what the, what's it all about? So you not only work with on. your friends who work for you and with you. Yeah. Do you mix, how much do you mix clients, friends, and business? Always. I yeah. don't want to work with someone I don't want to have lunch with. Period. Goodbye. If I don't like you, I'm not working with you. I've paid too many dues. People say, oh, you want me? I hear you. I like, I I don't want, if I, if I don't like you, I don't want to work with you. Correct. You know? You know how many people you have to work with starting out Mm -hmm. that are so mean to you? Do you Uh, know how much abuse, especially as a young woman that I took from people that would, I'll give you a 30 day listing and then make me come back and beg from, like, you know what? I'm not even taking a six month listing anymore. Oh, you go to a year? This is eight oh, the big ones. Look the at the data. Yeah. It's eight months to sell. I need mm-hmm. a year. I'm Look not coming. I'm going to get the data. <laughs> Can't take the Staten Island. <laughs> girl. So, um, you know, I've been on listing appointments before with Mauricio. Yes. And he's gotten to the point now where he doesn't, he's not bringing like any sort of presentation or anything. He's just vibing. Like no joke. He gets like real close. He vibes. Mm-hmm. And then um, what's... What's unique about him when he does this, because like I've been there and I'm like, uh, I'm like, when's the when's the pitch coming? Um, and he'll be what's unique is he like ends up knowing every person in their family and they know. I mean, granted, part of that's just being older on the planet and being immersed, which you guys do really well in our community here in Los Angeles. But do you guys prepare something Big, uh, like obviously well, you have the resume and people know a lot of the time coming in. I'm just curious. Well, so that's so funny that you say that because I just took one of my agents on a listing appointment. He goes, I don't understand. We just had a two hour meeting. You never talked about the house or real estate one mm-hmm. time. And I looked at him and I said, you want to know, it was Jesse. And I said, you want to know why? They can pull up any of the data they want. They have us here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You are getting hired because they like you or they don't like you. Mm-hmm. Likeability is such a big factor in sales. So I never don't go without my book, but I can't tell you how often it they don't close. even, they, they look at it or they'll be like, oh, take that with you. That looks expensive. Or, you know, I'm like, look, if this is going to be fire, I'm going to take this. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't really want to waste this, but it's so true. And I understand, <laughs> I understand why Mauricio does that because at some point, they already know you're established, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're a new agent, of course, that's not necessarily going to work for you. But what is going to work for you is connection. Yeah. And that's why travel is important. That's why reading every single thing you can touch from the LA Times to the New York Times mm-hmm. to the Wall Street Journal to every magazine. Why do we 
why do people not read anymore? Mm -hmm. Just read books, read things. I don't care if you have to read it on a Kindle. I'm old. I read books. I love books. But like read everything because knowledge is power and knowledge is connection. So the reason why this market is slow, so you decide to take that Monday and go down and see Keith Haring at the Broad uh, or the Basquiat exhibit or whatever, is because it's something to talk about. It's something to. to expand your mind. Mm-hmm. And inspiration, in the state of inspiration, there's no such thing as failure. In the state of inspiration, you cannot fail mm-hmm. because you're cons- you're on fire. That's why... To be on fire is a, the reason why people say that is because you're on a roll. What puts mm-hmm. you on a roll? Inspiration. So your so your secret sauce of a listing appointment is connectivity. Connectivity in life. Yeah. In your relationship, in your marriage, in your friendships, in your with your children, it's all connectivity. When I come home and my kids are there, and I'm coming home as working mommy, they're not connecting to me. I run as fast as I can to my room, rip off my clothes, get the jammies on, put sweats on, and I get on the floor and I look at them in the eyes mm-hmm. on their level. Because if we can't get on people's level and play the ball where it lies, mm-hmm. you can't make a deal, you can't make a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do shit if you can't. It's so noticeable, like when I get home and I'm still on calls or still texting and I walk in and I'm like, why aren't you giving me any attention or love? And they're like, who are you? Oh, they, mm. like my daughter, right. she's eight and you know, I'm always dressed up. And if I go to her school play, I'm dressed. I want her to feel good. I'm here for you. I dress for you. But when I come, but and she looks me up and down like this. She clocks me. She's like, mm-hmm. she doesn't want that mommy. She wants a real person. You know what I mean? So you have to come for the task. Every Mm -hmm. task requires a certain amount of energy. You either bring the energy and then some, or you don't. And if you bring halfway energy, you're not getting hired. Mm -hmm. And then you're not getting rehired. By the way, it's not just connecting and relatability because you guys know your shit. Like all of us, when they walk into a listing appointment, you know what's sold. So you don't need to open up your book and look through the comps you printed out. You know what's sold. You know the neighbor across the street. You know who lives up the road. You probably sold the house up the road. So you are divulging all that information too. That is coming into the conversation as well as the Keith Herring on the wall that you can relate to because you just came from the exhibit last weekend. And also, like new agents, I always tell them, if you're going on a listing appointment before, don't roll up the first time the day of the appointment scout the neighborhood 100%. you better know every house and you better call title and you better pull a title report on mm-hmm. pocket listings on that street and a few streets you know here and there because it's so important because guess what guess who knows more than you know oh, yeah. they do they hands do. down yeah it's their investment and then across they're like across the street just so and you're like ah that that wasn't in the MLS. No kidding. Right, right. Because it was a pocket list. What What got you so involved in philanthropy? Well, I grew up that way. My uh, grand, so my my family is a lot of Italian immigrants that became the American dream. And my one one grandmother would always say to me, "No matter what you have, no matter what you have, you have more than someone else. Mm-hmm. Whether that's time, or whether that's capital, or whatever it is, you've got more. So you either give of your time." Or you write the check because that's what we do. And, um, you know, I think giving back was something that was, was, I was raised with. My mom always did charity, my grandmother, like I said. But um, when I married Brandon, I wasn't sure because I was like, is he going to be cool with this? Because I also do practice Kundalini and we believe in giving back 
you know, there's like a percentage, like it's a real thing mm. you give back. It's like and Hillcrest. They could join Hillcrest. Like Hillcrest. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, they, they're really serious at Hillcrest it's about it. It's wild. They won't but, have Brandon. But, but, no, but, no, but, nice. but Brandon is so down. I mean, he has come along for this philanthropy ride with me and he never, he, in fact, people always think that, you know, they'll be like, oh, I came to you, you know, you because, you know, you're nicer than Brandon. I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea. Brandon has the biggest heart. He's all love. He loves everybody. He doesn't hold grudges. I'm Sicilian. I hold grudges. Like I, I people also I'll think like, you're tame like, too. Like, people think to you're the normal, nice one. Brandon is on his own spaceship. You are on that spaceship too. You just come across <laughs> to the public eye in a much calmer, more soothing, nurturing way. I think so. It's bananas. But what interests me so much about what you guys do so differently, other than a listing appointment where we all connect. But one of my least favorite things is to just show a property. Mm. I can't stand just, you know, walking in if there's no motivation behind it. And I'm just like, here's the kitchen. There's the bedroom. Mm -hmm. It's one of my least favorite things about this business. What I've taken a lot from you guys and what I always say that Jeff Hyland would always say is don't show it, sell it. Mm. And what you guys do and watch in action is a lot of fun is it's a full show. Mm -hmm. I've taken, I took that years ago from you guys that I won't show a property unless I am ready to entertain, unless the show is ready to begin. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys approach a showing when it's all set up and ready to go? Never once do you show the kitchen, like here's right. the kitchen. Because you have to really activate each space because everybody knows a kitchen and dining room. You're right. It's so boring when they do that. So in, in the first couple of times you show it, it's, that's the hardest, right? So mm -hmm. you do your trial. We, Brandon and I strategize with each other, but we also do it with a homeowner because we're like, okay. And yeah. I think we think we got it. No, no, no. We're not going to go that way. Actually, let's go straight out to the pool. That's where the people are driven. Anyway, go to the money shop, mm -hmm. right? Come back, roll through the kitchen mm -hmm. and then do the, hit the breakfast. Nook. So you, first of all, you have to figure out the way to show the house. So you practice that first. Second of all, when it's your first couple of times, when you activate the space, what I mean by that is play with the space, open something, show them, demonstrate something, mm. sit down. Can you believe this? Can you feel the energy in this I room? like the sit down. Like, the sit, by the way, the sit down is so money. Like you sit down in a space, <laughs> guess what they do? Cause they're tired. Cause their agents just showed them 15 houses. They sit down with mm -hmm. you. And when they sit down, they are now moving into the space. Mm -hmm. Why do you tell people to put all the pictures of them, their families, except for a couple of the cute ones, leave them out because you want this person to envision themselves in the house. Mm. And the moment that emotional click happens, they're one step closer to making an offer, which is one step closer to buying it. Rainy, this is so genius. Like we do, we stop at staging to make them see themselves there. Right. We do other things like aspirational art, but, having them sit down halfway through. Are you kidding me? I've never done a showing where I haven't sat down. Sometimes I sit down and I'll, I'll like, and I'll kick up my legs or something. Like you gotta not, you just have to get in the space yeah. because when it's they, amazing. they'll get in the space with you. Yeah. Why not? And that, why do you think we offer drinks? Anything to slow them down. Yes. The longer you keep a person in a house, the, the higher chances of them wanting to make an offer. Mm. So you're basically, your strategy is to experience the house. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. And that's why every one of my listings is stocked with, I, I just do sparkling and flat water, but I, my setup people drop off the drinks and have it in the refrigerator. And sometimes if you're smart, you'll have like a wine or a champagne. And I see a lot of agents that do that, but I think it's very important because if somebody's starting to settle in, get them one step 
cozier. Yeah. I think most people stop at look at the stone on the counters mm-hmm. and look at the wood panels on the wall. It's Anyone just a can list. see that themselves. It's a list. It's a list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to bring it to it's life. Touch, and that's what you guys do better touch than and most. Touch and feel experience. It's the yeah. barefoot experience. Scratch take, and sniff. Scratch and sniff. Yeah. You take your eat, take your shoes off and feel this New Zealand right. wool carpet. Yeah. Have you ever felt this in between your toes? Is this New Zealand wool? Well, this isn't, okay. but well, the, next, the next office will I have will it. episode <laughs> next office will. Um, what are some key kind of trends or changes you're seeing right now in um, what's getting real estate agents the job? Man, it's always been prevalent, but now more than ever that the promises. It is so hard because these agents go up and they promise everything. Oh, because I'll pay for this. I'll pay for that. Don't be that agent. It's like a battle to the bottom, Don't, basically. It's a battle to the bottom. Yeah, it yeah. is so bottom of the barrel. Then they, like someone just asked me, will you pay? I'm, no, I don't pay for staging. Why not? So-and-so does. Great. Hire them. Get it on round three. What did Jeff Hyland say? Yeah, yeah. Be the firstborn first child, child, second, second wife, wife, third, third listing third. agent. Yeah. Oh. Because guess what? If you are paying for all of these things, mm-hmm. the seller's not invested. You have to negotiate on behalf of yourself. When they see that you're neg- fighting for your commission, mm-hmm. you're fighting for the terms of the contract, not taking three months with a, with a 50-day tail. The mm-hmm. tail on the listing agreement is the most important thing to protect us. In fact, the only thing. Particularly on the high end. Only yeah. thing. Because so often you ch- the changing of the guards and then you, the, the, you, this buyer isn't You got the next yet. agent the price. You got right. them the right price because you hammered them. And then the buyer comes in and buys it. And, oh, yeah. I forgot my exclusion list expired. Sure. It's just like it's so unfair. And that's the only thing that really protects us. I think that that exclusion list period of 180 days is obligatory. I never mess with that. Mm. So in a, in a, in a people-driven business yeah. where especially in the high end, the connectivity – Mm. The personability drives what we do. Yeah. Do you see artificial intelligence helping or hurting in the future? I think it can help. I'll, I want to say always, but maybe the always is too vast of a statement. I think AI can help. I don't think it will ever replace. Why? Mm-hmm. Because this is emotional. Mm-hmm. They don't have feelings. They can't account for warmth and a certain feeling and an experience that you get. Uh, there is no, there is nothing that a, a, an AI can do that a human cannot do, but there are so many things that a human can do that AI cannot do. Mm-hmm. So I love the data that they can provide us. I like geofencing. I like these sort of things that they can kind of tee you up with stuff, even though as creepy as it may be, it's the way of the future. But I do not believe that we will ever be taken out by robots, not in this business. Lawyers, maybe. Because it's a ton rule of based. reading yeah, and, and, and lobbying, yeah, right? Like but but I do not think that it's possible because there's relationships, and I do, I would say the key too is like it now. This is such a global world, right? This is a global world we live in. So we're not just real estate agents anymore. We're concierge. We are therapists. We are friends, mentors, helpers. We 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 get the kids' jobs. We get this person and that. We're connectors. Mm-hmm. And if you only look at yourself as one-dimensional, which could be taken out by a robot, then of course, then that could be. But that's not what we are. Not at this this level that, that all of us operate in. I mean, really, you have to do so much more. 
And I think that that's why the future of real estate is really a, a very diverse position of, you know, and that's why we created the Beverly Hills Estates. Like I'm not, and then not pitching that, but the reason is because Pitch. we were like, by the way, it's not one dimensional. It's, we're not just agents anymore. That's why the hybrid and the, the, the global community of interconnecting with architects, designers, all of these people is so important. Because if you don't have a Rolodex in two seconds and you Mm -hmm. can't get them to Scott Mitchell and that's their dream is to work with him Mm -hmm. and you can't get them to, you know, standard architecture and they're calling, they're calling info at standard architecture. It's like, no, you have to be the person that pushes everything through. Like a concierge of sorts. So speaking of Rolodex, because like me, you're not from here. Yeah. Do you think that you, by design started immersing yourself in certain communities and then the business came after? Or do you think a lot of your Rolodex now is a device of your successful business practice? Oh, that's a really good question. I've never even thought of that. But as you were asking it, I started thinking, I mean, listen, if you're hanging out with your high school friends that don't have two pennies to rub together and you're getting a a beer at uh, Barney's Beanery, they ain't buying a house. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's positioning. Yeah, proximity you, is power, as John Grauman says a lot. Proximity is power. Yeah. You have got to operate and circulate through the the, the, the arenas that are going to uh, get you that where you, you want to be. Like Mountain yeah. Gate. And by the way, some people... We're going to join Hillcrest. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's... But, but you know what? There's moms that can kill it. Just by doing school yeah, drop-off. Yeah, working the school like, stuff. I, I tell Mommy all my mom friends, don't just drop off in sweats. Drop off ready and to Gucci. go to the office. Yeah. Because guess what people are going to say to you? What do you do? Mm-hmm. I sell real estate. Mm-hmm. Guess what else? Walk around your neighborhood. Let your neighbors know what you do. Get your dog and walk around the neighborhood or get your kids and let everybody know what you do. That's, I mean, I drop off my kids in pajamas and yeah. know, you're, worn you're sweaters already established. with bowls and this. slippers. Okay. These are for different I, I, I want to left turn just for one second. Well, I think oh, you've yeah. given a lot of great advice. I'm just not so sure good. there's anything else to share because you guys are just on another planet Mom, and you. you are two of the most inspiring colleagues, peers, and friends in my life. And I'm just like so grateful to have and take from you. And I think like just watching you guys in action is, Mm. is, is fun and entertaining. And I think that's why people gravitate towards you because they see you live life on level 10 and they want to be a part of it. Uh, Well, and I think that's so important. It's like, what are we, what are we doing if we're not having fun? And that's why it's every little thing like down to the music and the scent and like what you're doing and how you're feeling about setting, setting the scene Mm -hmm. and setting the atmosphere for you to enjoy what you're doing. Cause the end of the day, we're not going to remember all the deals we did. We're going to, our memories are going to be from experiences. And so if you make everything a fun experience is what we try to do. And, and I feel the same about you. I mean, we love you and Jen and I love having friends in the business you know, and you and I have become great friends over this period of time and connecting on other commonalities. And I think that it's all about having friends. Like we're all going after the same deals, but at the same time, we can kind of stay out of each other's way. And I think that we've all done beautiful jobs of doing that. And if we don't win it and one of our friends gets it, it's like, you know what? I tried really hard. We can high five. Sometimes we can tag team it. Like, let's just, let's do this. If you come from the universe is abundant and there's enough for everybody. Yeah. 
And then we can do, and, and sometimes, especially in this market, when you see four agents on a listing, mm-hmm. it's like, sure, let's hide, let's all do this. Part of something better than all of nothing. Yeah. One thing to end with that they do, the secret sauce, if you will, yeah. is not just setting the setting, mm-hmm. not just setting it up, setting the scene. <laughs> What's setting the setting? Love you. Not just setting the scene, yeah. but it's the number one rule in sales is believe what you sell mm-hmm. and not just trying to oh, believe yeah. it, you embody it. Yes. So you set up the scene yeah. and you believe yeah. in the result Yes. more than anyone I've ever seen. And it convinces the, the person in the room with you to be a part yeah, of they the show. Su- they want to be a part first. of the ride. Yeah, and that's the secret sauce. And by the way, that's why I don't take on things I don't believe in because mm. I can't manufacture that feeling. If I feel it, then I can sell it. If I feel it, I believe it. I can, I can sell it. And how and great, how great has this been? It's this amazing. Has been fun. I was really excited by this. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to add before we go? Like any parting tips to a new agent? One thing. She said it all. I, okay. Fine. I, oh, go back I'll, I'll and say, watch. I'll say one thing. This is a female centric thing. You're going to mansplain that she said it all. I think that any woman watching or man will watch this and be like, uh, this will be the book that they read at the open house. Like, that, well, but did you know Winnie what? Cooper get into real estate? What? Oh, what a crush. Right, we'll that Winnie we'll Cooper that and Rainey. Cooper, you don't have to, but you know, you know, but I will, I will leave you with it. It's a three things. And, and, and there's, there's three things. It's number one, be a specialist. Mm-hmm. Love no, a niche. Yes. Now be a specialist. Choose your neighborhood when you're first starting out. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, and of course you want to dominate. You want Los Feliz to, you know, Montecito. But like when you're starting out, just pick one neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Just crush one neighborhood. You know what I mean? And then build from there. So be a specialist. Choose your neighborhood. And um, three, stay inspired. And then remember the three types of sales markets. Buyer's market, seller's market, and salesperson's market. Mm. And it's always a salesperson's market. Mm. It doesn't matter if we're in a bull market or a bear market. We are in a salesperson's market. And a salesperson has a smile. They're nice. They're positive, And they bring data. You deliver the facts and you do it in a nice way. That's it. Guess what? I wish we were scientists. <laughs> Mike I wish we were drunk. scientists, yeah. but we're not. So we're here to sell the house. We make more than no scientists. closing. No closing. Just walk off. Guys, uh, Rainy, where can they find you? Um, we don't need your address in <laughs> Cruz. I'm talking about on the internet. Jesus. Uh, For a bright girl, you missed that. it. <laughs> She's like, uh, 1922 Loma Vista. Was, She's oh. like, I would never live on she Loma Vista. We live on Truesdale Place. Um, I'm guessing, by the way, if there was any Truesdale there. We won't say it. Okay, fine. Um, uh, so what, my Instagram? Yeah, where uh, can people find at, you? At the Beverly Hills Estates. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's all you need to worry about. Beverly Hills. Seated next to at Zach Ultimate 24. I'm at Ben Belak. Thank you for joining in for another episode Love of you. To Live Love and you. Buy in Los Angeles. This is my favorite episode. T- right up there. Top three. You can't end. Top Just ten. say our tagline on the way out, buddy. <laughs> we had Rainy. No, <laughs> That's you, our new tagline. You forgot. We it. had Rainy. <laughs> We're out. Super bien. Thank you. <laughs> 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 That's so good.